This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. That's right, you, through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, our Patreon, where pretty much every Sunday you get this all over again because me and Maureen do this all over again just for you. If you give it the five or $10 a month level, that $10 a month uh, level also gets you a sticker in the mail every month because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club, the best club. Patreon.com slash says who. Hey, everybody, it's going into summer, summertime, so you probably want something to read. Why not read True the Devious and all the subsequent books in the general series of the Steve Bell Mysteries? That's a song I just wrote. I, really? I thought you had, you had really worked on that one. Yeah, I've been working with some composers and stuff. And yeah, we've I, developed can that. I can tell. I can tell. How dare you? No, I mean it. Read it books. really good. You know what, Dan? What? Stick it in your beard. Uh, okay. Look, I've done. If you want to get Maureen's books on the internet, and you don't want to support a large company named after a rainforest, you can always go to kickbezosintheballs.org, our own little bookshop, where we have quick links to all of Maureen's stuff, my stuff, books we've mentioned on the podcast and yeah, there's a big search box where you can search for anything so that's at kickbezosintheballs.org while you're on the internet why not mosey on over to merch.sayswhopodcast.com our own little merch store where you can get shirts and all that kinds of good stuffs and go to shop.dansinker.com if you would like an orange patch that says trying because it is a shop that sells one thing and that one thing is an orange patch that says trying it's eight dollars I like mailing things. Hey, Dan, knock, knock. Who's there? Literally fucking everything. Everything. All the stuff, Dan. All the things. Remember all the things that have been building and building for years and all the repercussions of things? Well, they've all arrived, Dan. They're all shoving in your doorway. They're like minions. like And they were coming for you, Dan. They're coming for your brain. They're flooding down the stairs to the basement. All the things. That's my knock-knock joke. What do you think of it? I like it. No, it you don't. It's true. Yeah, it does. The thing about it's funny because it's true. Is it funny? Not really. It is true. Oh, God. I was itching the top of my head. Oh man. Look, I want to show you something. Okay. I was at an event this weekend. Met uh-huh. some says, says Whovians there. Okay. And just got a little wrinkled in my bag. But look at this. We're just going right in. We're not doing the start uh, Welcome part. to Says yeah, Who is a podcast. It isn't a podcast. It's I'm a Maureen Johnson. Strategy. Uh, I'm Dan Sinker. I'm Maureen Johnson. Look at this. It's a Says Who bingo card. And one of the things on it is, okay, all right, here we go. I'm going to list the things on the bingo card. Maureen Startles Dan is right here. I like it. So we can check that one off. Uh, Dan has too many jobs. Maureen Sings, here we go. Um, so I'll let you know when we've hit, so we've hit Maureen Startles Dan we haven't covered the fact I mean, that you have. Was I actually startled? Yes, you were. 
and Maureen sings. So I'll let you know if we cover any other things on this bingo card. Okay. What are you wearing? I love that. What are you wearing? I'm wearing a hoodie sweatshirt. Where's your Where's your coverall? I've I am not been wearing coveralls lately because the weather has been less coverally. Okay, we've so. covered jumpsuits, coveralls. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how are you, Dan? I'm okay. I am. I'm a little distracted today. Mm-hmm. I would say, I as as discussed many times over now. I have. I I am doing a lot of things right now. That is not Dan what Dan has to, too many uh, jobs. Oh my god. Maureen is just going to be staring at this bingo sheet the whole no, time. No, I'm not. Um but uh, so I'm a little distracted because uh we are in a transition point at my house. The teen has finished school. Not only has the the teen finished school, the the teen has finished school. He is done with high school wow forever and uh so now it means there is a third person a full-born adult because it was the teen's birthday and now they are an adult there's now a third adult in the house all the time and that takes some getting used to i would say and as a result i feel a little more scattered and distracted than i normally do well you look good Do I? I don't know that I do. Also, I have been, and this is probably interrelated to all of these things, uh, I've been having a lot of insomnia lately. So Mm. I was up since 4.15 in the morning Mm. this morning. And right before we started recording, my brain was like, I'm a little sleepy-weepy. Time to go to sleep. But I'm not asleep. I'm here with you. I'm enjoying it. How, Maureen, are you? I'm fine. I am very... So we have some guests right now from England, which is really good. Um, But just talking to them about, you know, America and (laughs) what it's like here. And, you know, I revisited the my unwise viewing of the... You know what? I don't know that it was unwise, ultimately. My viewing of the Trump town hall or a couple minutes of it because i did not watch that whole thing yeah it was enough to teach me a lesson okay a couple lessons yeah it was enough to remind me in a startling and painful way yeah of what next year's and this year is going to be like this and what it was like yeah that little taste of it was just a little stinger like hey remember that this is what it's like when trump is addling your brain every day yeah and to not fall into that, to try not to fall into that trap again of, you know, all of these thirst traps that the media is trying to build for us. Yeah. Um, because it's going to be exhausting, Dan. It, we are living in exhausting times. We are, in fact. I mean, we have been living in exhausting times. I don't know what it would feel like to not live in an exhausting time anymore. I don't know how that would, how my body would work. Well, it just that. feels it feels like every fifteen. It's like you get fifteen minutes of solid thought, and then you are reminded of an existential threat, and yeah. you're like, "Well, why am I even doing this?" Yeah, and that is too much for the brain, and it's bad. 
I just want to say that it's bad, Dan. And I think we need to recognize it because there's no way that I'm the only one suffering from brain fog. Yeah. From all of this. It's true. Just feels like a lot, Dan. It That's because it is a lot. That's why. And we are going to get into some stuff today involving a well-known personage from this air, from the says who that we talk about here in Sesame. He does not live here. Does not. Not he's, allowed. He is never going to be allowed. He's not invited. Persona he's, non grata. He will not be allowed to get a house here. No. Um, that this is, you we, You may have said, sorry, we're going to be talking about Rudy Giuliani, but we want to kind of tell everybody that we're going to do so in a way that, if you haven't heard, the stuff coming out about him is monstrous. But Indeed. we're going to, we're going to kind of move around it in a way that stays away from the stuff that might be, we'll say that it happened, but we're going to stay away from the stuff that might be horrible Yeah, for people to hear. Because, because there's other stuff too, that isn't just like, yeah, well, awfulness. like, you know, but sexual more, assault. Johnson. What, what, what? I feel like we're coming in hot. We're nine minutes in and we're already starting to talk about Rudy. Dan, it's because I'm trying to find focus. I know, but let's focus on something more fun than that. Let's move to that in a little bit. I don't need to go there right now. Okay, you want to talk about the the fact that we're moving closer into the Trump-Biden campaign no, season? No, how about this? It's nine minutes in. Let's talk about the fact that you went to Maryland, you did a book reading, you met Sezhuvians, like there were nice things. We don't need to immediately nine minutes in. You know what I got, though? What did you get? Aside from my, my bingo sheet. Yeah. Sesuvians who baked me banana bread. They gave me a giant bag of, because I mentioned I love these Marmite covered cashews. Wow. A bag of Marmite covered cashews, Marmite flavored chips, Marmite flavored rice cakes, and a jar of Marmite and small portable packages of Marmite. Where on earth does a person acquire all of those Marmite related products in America? Sesuvians can do anything. Man. Marmite flavored cashews. Delicious. Of all the things you just listed, that's the one that I'm like, oh, I could see that that's kind of tasty. It's like, mm. I'm assuming it's like they're powdered. They're not like it, slimy. No, it's like they've been covered and it was baked. So it's not mm. powdery. Oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. It's more yeah. like a like a candy coating almost. Oh, like wow. They, like they a yeasty candy coating. It Okay, this isn't going to sound good, but it sort of tastes like delicious bile. That's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> I, I feel like you need to work. You need to workshop that one a little. No, bit. No, you don't like it. I just think that delicious bile is not going to sell. It's tasty barfy. That's the. I mm, don't know. Like it's kind there of. You go perfect. Mm, tasty yum. barfy. Please give me more. All right, Dan. Here's the thing, though. I had an adventure. Yeah. Saturday, I had to take a train to Baltimore, get in a lift, and go to this festival, then back to the train back home. Okay. Straightforward. Yeah. I was on the train. Everything was being super efficient. It was, I was all ready. Everything was ready to go. I also, it was the exact correct time for me to binge an entire series of Magpie Murders, which is a new mystery series. I got to watch all six episodes, three on the train down, three on the train pack. Where Perfect. is that mystery series available? BBC. Okay. But I think they've made it available on some, I don't know which platform it is here, but it, you can get it. It's really good. I highly recommend it. 
uh, I've read the book. I love the book, and I think they did a great idea, the great thing with the series. But I'm on the train. The last thing I do on the train is I get a cup of coffee. Super nice guy at the cafe car whose name was strangely Vermont. Um, okay, sure. And um, I said, can I have a milk instead of these little creamers? Because if you use those creamers, then you got to put in like 12 of them because they're one drop yeah. each. Yep. Do you have any milk? He gave me a little carton of milk. Oh, Great. nice. Go back to my, pour it in. Dan, the milk is curdled. So mm. I take one sip. I'm like, ugh, can't drink it. It's bad. No problem. I'd set up on my phone the lift. I put in the address that I needed to go to. And the address I was given was 6,000 Merriweather Drive or something. Okay. Columbia, Maryland. I put that in. On arrival at the station, I go over to Dunkin' Donuts. I get a fresh coffee. I go back to my phone. I have to re-enter it into Lyft, 6,000 Merriweather, hit the button. A Lyft comes. My driver arrives. He's in a Jaguar SUV thing. Wow. And Ro- reassuringly, deep. he actually kind of looked like Snoop Dogg. So I have, like, it was a, like, it was a get in the car. Things are going. Driving. It's very rainy and misty. The weather has yeah. turned terrible. Okay. And I'm just sort of casually looking at the app. And I notice I just don't see the word Columbia anywhere. And I don't know where I'm going. I'm like, right. I, don't, I don't know where Columbia. I know where it is, but not really. I'm right. like, it's in Maryland. Sure. Okay. And then I realized, Dan, that there's another 6,000 Merriweather. Mm. And it's in a totally different town. Mm. Which is in a totally different direction. Mm. That we have been heading towards for 20 minutes. Mm. I'm on still on stage at four. Yeah. I got in that car at like 2.30 something, 2.40. Yeah. It's now around, I don't know, timing wise, I, I, they discovered the error around 3.15. Okay. Which is about the time I was supposed to arrive. Perfect. And I said to the driver, there's been an error. We're going to the wrong. And he's like, I thought something. You said Columbia when you came in and my daughter lives in Columbia. And I said, yeah. And he's like, okay. And it turns out my driver is the best goddamn driver in the world. Okay. This guy was like fucking baby driver. He had complete command of the road and the vehicle. And he's like, I can do this. So I reset it on Lyft. And he took me on the most amazing ride I have ever been on. Yeah. He was truly in command of the situation. He was like, he took this as a personal fucking challenge. I bet. And that ride, everyone was like, oh, that ride in the rain, you're talking an hour, hour and 15, whatever, from wherever we were at. Dan, this guy, I put in this thing. Now it's like the Merriweather Post Pavilion. I'm like, I think that's where I'm supposed to go. I hit that. This guy gets me there at 3.58. Yeah. But he looks around. He's like, this doesn't look right. And there's, they were taking tents down. They were tents. And I was like, well, this must be the festival. There's tents. And he's like, I don't really feel good leaving you here because I haven't, you know, is, are you sure this is your destination? I'm like, it yeah. has to be, you know, it's around here somewhere. He's like, I really want to drive around again to make sure. He drives around again. Finally, I just, I'm like, I should really just get out and try to find out. Now, Dan, where I'm at, Dan, imagine a small local stadium for mid-sized concerts that mm-hmm. has pre-set up 
shacks that have like the Budweiser shack and the Coca-Cola shack and the, yeah. like, but they're all empty. There's okay. no one around. And I'm walking around basically an abandoned fairground in the rain. Okay. And I'm due on stage in two minutes. Okay. Actually, I'm probably post two minutes at this point. And I see nothing and I'm standing in the rain. Yeah. So I start hiding in an abandoned Bud Light shack. Sure. And the organizer calls me. She's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm near a barn and there's a, there's a backhoe. So we turn on FaceTime and she looks around and she's like, okay, I think I know where you are. I'm coming to get you. I was, it turns out that there's this woman named Mary Weatherpost who just basically gave all this money and every, this whole, it was like one of these pre-built community center situations. Okay. And everything's called Meriwether. Uh, Everything. Which happens Meriwether to be, Post also sounds like a, like, mixed up files of Mrs. Meriwether Post. Turns out that also Meriwether is the name of the mansion and Nine Liars. But anyway. True that. She comes and gets me, drives me around. I get on stage at 4.15. I okay. come charging through the rain. This tent is just sort of set up in a parking lot. And because it's pouring, there's no one around except the people under this tent. So it was like I was left at this, you know, tent. Everybody was waiting there. It was great. But it was very strange. Yeah. After that, my friend Krista comes and meets me. We go to get something to eat at this very cool cafe that's like a cafe, bookshop, activism center. Yeah. However, the server, I think, was new. Okay. They, we said, can we have a menu? And she said, we don't have any. Yeah. With things like she that. She was all, you're at a cafe slash activism center, motherfucker. We don't have menus. It was a little bit like that. She's yeah. like, we're having a menu shortage. Because <laughs> we they were like, and you scan the, Q, so scan the QR code. We scan the QR code. The QR code comes up to a, a like a error site. We're Perfect. like, well, we can't use the QR code at the site is has an error. And she was sort of like, I don't really know what to tell you. So she's yeah. like, well, I'll look, but I don't know. So she looks and she finds, she's like, look, I found you menus. And she was really excited. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I ended up having to be excited for her. Sure. But they bring us our food. And every time we kind of look, like it was a little salad and a sandwich. We got the same thing. The salad was in a bowl. The sandwich is here. And they kept kind of looking over at us and looking around. And if we'd eaten some of the salad, someone would go, can I take that? And it was all in your dish. It was like part of this part of the entree. And we were like, no. And they're like, okay. And then they'd back away. And they kept trying to take pieces of the platter okay. away from us as we were eating. It And then the waitress comes back to ask if she could take part of it away. And she accidentally swings her hand and swings it such I saw Krista's face as she realized what was about to happen. Oh, no. She sends flying a full-size glass of ice water into Krista's abdomen and lap. The entire thing. Krista is now soaked to the bone. And they were like, well, you don't have any water. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want to say it because it's clearly a very, very cool place. But yeah. There was a there were a couple very funny serving things. Uh, they, they did eventually take our stuff away. I don't think we were done, but they were like, "Give us your plate." So 
Delicious dessert, though, Dan. I will say white chocolate banana bread pudding. Oh, okay. That was, to- I didn't know where that was going the whole time you went there. With toasted coconut ice cream. Wow. That shit was for real. That sounds delicious. Now, Dan, I go back. I'm supposed to now get on an 830 train. Yeah. I get dropped off. To her, she drops me off. I go over to the train station. Train? No train. Train, train, no train. No train. They're like, well, that train is still in Washington and hasn't left. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? They're like, who can say? So eventually my train came at around 10 o'clock at night. Okay. And I went home and watched Magpie Murders. How long does the Acela take? To Baltimore, it took about two and a half hours. Okay. That's normally like, what, a four-hour drive? Uh, yeah. So Maybe it, like, a little bit longer. time and a half. Okay. Well, that's nice. New York to Baltimore? No, that would be, I think, probably more like five. Oh, wow. It's further than I think. To I get... think everything in the up in the Northeast is like two minutes apart. And it's totally not. And that is how I have often ended up like being like, oh, well, it's cheaper for me to fly to Boston instead of New York and I'll just drive down. And then I realize like, oh, that's really far. Yeah. I for research, I just booked a research trip for the new book, Murder at yeah. uh, sorry, Death at Morning House. And the place I have to Wait, go. I don't know this. What? It's new. It's the book I'm working on. Okay. It's the new one. Are you are you you are suddenly debuting a title of a book here on the Says Who podcast? Uh, no, I've said the title around. It's called Death at Morning House. It's the next book that's coming out. Okay. And this is a new new book or a, it, another truly devious book? This book is not a truly devious book. This is the next book. This is a complete standalone mystery. Ooh. And then directly after that, there's two more Stevie Bells. Holy cow. So we decided to do Death at Morning House and Stevie Stevie. Boom. Uh, but the place I have to research is upstate New York. Okay. But to get there, to drive there would take about seven hours. Yeah. So I'm going to fly to Syracuse and drive from there. And that's still like two more hours. Yeah. Everything takes time to. That's the thing about Bigger time. over here. Yeah. Yeah. I have often gotten myself into dumb driving situations based on false assumptions on distance in the Northeast. There's a lot of rules. Like for me, door to door from here to get to where my family lives outside of Philly. Yeah. It's about. No traffic, an hour and a half. Traffic, two hours. Yeah. To go there to downtown Philly is another half hour with no traffic. From Philly to Wilmington, no 45 minutes. From Wilmington to Baltimore, no traffic, 45 minutes. Could be over an hour. And then from Baltimore to D.C., out on another hour, hour and a half, you know? Yeah. That's how you think of it, Dan. But then okay. always add on more time because yeah. you're always driving down 95 or... And this has been traffic talk. This has been the now the weather. But anyway, yes, that was my. I got there in the end, Dan. You did the, get there. The, in the Sesuvians end. were very patient. A good time was had by all, I bet. Everybody waited in the rain under was, the tent. Were they wet, or were they? Was it under a tent? It was under a big tent. Oh, well, there you go. It's a big tent. It's easy to wait in the rain. But they were taking this thing apart as I left. So they were clearly like the second the festival was over, they're like, take it down because there was a big light up thing that said books and they were ripping the bee off. Like, get it gone. 
where this is done. Wow. They were yeah. like, Johnson's the last one. It was, Shut it down. It was Christian Buttigieg and, or Chastain Buttigieg and me. Is, this, is, is, is it Chastain? Yes. I believe it is Chastain, yes. He was there too. Oh, yeah? Were you I guys broing out? No, because I didn't see him because I got there 15 minutes late for my own pound because I was stuck in another town. He probably paid off the driver. Just get her lost. You I know those... have to hang out in the green room with her. Oh, man. Yeah. That guy's a real jerk. That's what I've heard. Oh, my gosh. Not really. Dan! Not really. So, Dan. Maureen. It's now 25 minutes in. We have to talk. Do we? I know you didn't want to. I don't want to. But there is a lot of... Okay. All right. Rudy. Giuliani. Rudy. Yeah. Mr. Four Seasons himself. Yeah. Mr. Hair dye running down his face. Him. <sighs> Mr. 14 phones. Mr. How just... How many phones do you have, Rudy? I think he had 14 or 16. You're not going to do Rudy now? I'm not going to do Rudy. This is the thing, Maureen. Yep. This is not my first rodeo. Having made a character, somebody that turns out to be truly awful and oh, not just funnily awful. You don't say. Yeah. And here's the deal. I don't want to do it now. You know? It's one thing when he's like shitting his own pants, drunk, uh, hair dye, you know, going down his face. It's another thing when it's like, oh, that dude's a fucking monster. Yeah. I don't want to do him. I don't want to do him. I don't think, uh, you know, there's no making cute on that. Mm. Dude is fucking awful. A bunch of stuff. This all seemed to happen last night. Yeah, like yesterday afternoon, evening. Yeah, somewhere around there. All right, this thank is. You. Give it to us. Yeah, well, so first of all, this is a this is a story that that if you have been on the internet, you have already seen horrible, disgusting things about it. We are not going to get into the horrible, disgusting things in is, any le, in any level of detail. Yes, he is guilty of not sexual guilty. He is accused of well sexual assault and harassment. A former employee is suing him for $10 million, alleging sexual assault and harassment, wage theft, and other misconduct. A 70-page lawsuit was filed last night by Noelle Dunphy, who alleges that Rudy promised her a million dollars a year to work for him, but only ever paid her $12,000 because he said he had to settle his divorce first, which is not, I think, how payments work. Uh, in the filing, she says that he basically started pressuring her into sex the moment she was hired. And it is just awful, humiliating, terrible stuff. And that is all we are saying about that. Yeah, if you, if this is the subject that is bad for you, don't, uh, we would advise you not to read the articles. Definitely don't read the articles. Don't read the lawsuit. Uh but yeah, it's really, really, really not great. Uh, yeah, it fine. is also. Yeah. It is also just without going. It's just weird. It's also there's just full definitely of, a level of weird to it. It's a. It's, I mean, I read it. I was what a weirdo. Just not only yes. just a monster, but just, just that's the thing about a lot of these guys. 
They're awful, but they're also just real weird. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing that you looked at it. I looked at it and I was like, well, that all rings true. You know, nothing that I'm like, wow, I'm shocked here. Apparently, apparently, in order to explain what was going on, her lawyers presented. They're like, you want to know what he was doing? Here's this scene that he appears in in the movie Borat. Yeah. Yeah. And they could use Borat as an actual (laughs) exhibit. Yeah. Tells you something. Yes. Absolutely. But that's all. Uh, But beyond that stuff, filing alleges that Rudy was drunk, quote, morning, noon, and night. The least shocking thing, I think, uh, revealed there for sure, (laughs) because anyone that has been uh, alive for the last few years would have to say that dude's drunk. Uh, But also that he would go on, quote, alcohol-drenched rants that included sexist, racist, and anti-Semitic remarks. Some really awful stuff there, too, that we are not going to get into, but that is highly detailed and written out in the lawsuit. How is the lawsuit full of so many terrible quotes, you might ask, Maureen? Because she has recordings of it. Oh, Lordy, she has tapes. She has, apparently, lots of tapes. Oh, boy. Uh, Included beyond the sort of drunken stuff and the awfulness. uh, It is alleged that Giuliani told Dunphy that he was able to break laws because he had, quote, immunity. Okay. He discussed selling pardons for $2 million a piece, money that he would split with Donald Trump, and that she could, quote, refer individuals seeking pardons to him so long as they did not go through the normal channels of the office of the pardon attorney, because correspondence going to that office would be subject to disclosure under the Freedom of Information Act. Right. Again, all a direct quote. Uh, at, at one point, because she worked for Giuliani from 2019 to, to uh, 2021. So that straddles the time that uh, Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman were uh, Rudy's goons. I forgot and, about those guys. Are they yeah, my boyfriends? And, uh, they're, they they don't, Maureen. I think they're... Are they your boyfriends or do they have... They what? were my... Were oh, you're just hitting Maureen's boyfriends. In yeah. The, you're playing the bingo. Yeah, I'm almost... Well, I, yeah, I have Dan. No, I don't have a line yet. I'll let you know when I do. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Does I really count- appreciate you keeping me up. Does this count as Trump court cases? No, but we we will get there. Okay, great. So I know I'm going to get that yeah. one. Go on. All right. So uh, at one point, Igor and Lev were picked up by the FBI. You might remember while <laughs> trying to flee the country with one-way tickets. I need a database of goons. Yeah. They uh they are some of the best goons because they are the only goons that were ever picked up at Dulles Airport with one way tickets paid for. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Those guys. Those guys, exactly. They were involved in Ukraine stuff with Rudy in, in Ukraine shenanigans. We're basically in season seven of the world's worst show. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, anyway, so the FBI began investigating Rudy and actually showed up at her parents' house. In Florida, looking to question her. And he, quote, demanded. Dumpy's house. Yes, exactly. He demanded, that's in quotes, that she not speak or cooperate with the FBI. Right. 
So beyond a lot of things, there is a beyond the awfulness and the fact that she is suing for 10 million bucks. She is alleging a lot of actual straight up crime in this civil suit. That is, I would assume the feds might be a little bit interested in as well. Uh, The suit also claims that one of Dumphy's jobs was to uh, handle Rudy's email. So she had access to what she describes as 23,000 of his emails, some allegedly containing classified and privileged exchanges with then President Trump, his family, secretaries of state, former attorney generals, heads of state, all sorts of things. And of course, she also has recordings. It's a horrible, horrible thing to read. But it is also wonderful to see this man get what is fucking coming to him. It's one of those things, Dan, where he's so terrible and has done so much that part of my brain always thinks that something has been done already. Yeah. You're like, well, surely that guy has been, you know, sent to the phantom zone. You know, like he's been shot out into the universe encased in a pane of a prism of glass or something, you know, but he hasn't. No. He's out there somewhere with his pants around his ankles running around the city. Most likely this lawsuit dropping to me sort of explains the slight mystery of where Rudy has been lately because he sure seems like he has had a lower profile. Either this or the Georgia stuff of which he is still very heavily wrapped up in. Um, you know, there the it seems that even Rudy knows that maybe the his number is up here. How old is Rody? He's either 60 or he's 150. I think that he is in his late 70s. Let's see. Okay. He is 78. That was exactly the number I was going to guess, actually. Because they're all around 78 right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're all... Rudy is such a mess that I realize I've stopped thinking of him as a person. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Definitely. It's like I think of him as a cartoon character or yes. just a collection of blobs with googly eyes on it. Just, mm-hmm. you know, a pot like a garbage bag with googly eyes and some yeah. pants on. That's sort of how I see yeah. him. Yeah, some pants laying nearby. Yeah, nearby. That's his nickname. His <laughs> code name is Nearby Pants. Yeah, I I also feel like I have fully transformed him into a cartoon character in my head. I think that once he did the Four Seasons thing, yes, he had so launched himself into a new... Can we just talk about that again for a second? Because mm-hmm. I know we all know about it, but it's just amazing to just... Because it's good... Dan, I just watched a video on productivity and how to use this program called Notion, which I need some help with. Okay. And this guy was like, here are some ha- you know habits of organized people. And he's like, organized people don't store everything in their own brain. They put things in a system where they can refer to it. And I feel like we are the reference keepers of these garbage people. Like we are your database of these garbage people. Yeah. Every once in a while, we get to click on the folder that says four seasons, total landscaping. Yeah. Because that is a genuine thing that happened that during the height of the chaos of that election, that Rudy fucking Giuliani called a press conference at a landscaping center Mm -hmm. 
under I-95 mm-hmm. next to a crematorium. And a porn shop. And a porn shop in the parking lot that had razor wire around it with plastic bags and sheeting clinging to it mm-hmm. and a very confused press corps who then told him as he was talking under a 95 in that parking lot of Four Seasons Total Landscaping that Biden had won. Yeah. Everything built to that moment, Dan. It was, you couldn't have written that no. any better than it played out. You couldn't have written it, period. You would have to have, maybe maybe a show could have, that is something out of Arrested Development or something. It's so yes. impossible that that happened. Yeah. And that his organization and the things stemming from him are so chaotic that it physically manifests into Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Yeah. That's why it's hard not to think of him as nearby pants. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Oh, yeah. Well, and then that that then spun him into months of just truly unhinged appearances with hair dye running down his face. I mean, just... It, it, it had any of those moments... He stepped onto stage and slipped on a banana peel. You would have believed it. I, I assumed his pants were off because they were weighed down by 14 phones. That too. That's going to weigh it. Phones is, are heavy. Yeah. You yeah. have texted this man. I have. And he has texted him. you back. He has. Until, until the phones were taken. And then he never responded again. Is that when, really when it stopped? When the yeah. FBI took all of his phones? Yeah, he would respond... Not every time. So long-time listeners will remember that that uh, I set up a burner phone app on my telephone uh, in or- because I got Rudy Giuliani's phone number. And I engaged him in texts. And then eventually he would be like, I'm blocking your number. And so then I would burn that number and get a new number and write him. And he would immediately respond again. And that went on for quite a while. And eventually, this, it wasn't every time, but I could still get, I could still roust him. This was the president's lawyer. Yes. Wasn't he? And he was the president's lawyer at he that time. He was the president, yes. yeah. He was, yeah, absolutely. This was like right in the thick of the Ukraine stuff. So first impeachment. Wow. Uh, he was responding... To anything, really. Uh, and then when that, when actually when the, the same thing that went down that, that had Dunphy's house visited by the FBI and he told her not to talk, uh, they raided his office and left with 16 phones and I never was able to hit him again. But he, t- I remember he, it wasn't like a huge piece of information, but he just flat out told you something or he asked you how you knew something or... No, he, the, especially early on, if you engaged him on Ukraine, he would go on and, and or Biden, he would go on and on and on about Biden's and Hunter's involvement in Ukraine. And, and th- none of that was super well known at that point. Like this is pre Hunter Biden being the kind of centerpiece of all of that. But yeah, he would just go. He would just go. Funny side note, Maureen. The, involving the burner phone. 
So uh, I am uh, the partner in a very involved fictional world called Question Mark Ohio. There are a number of characters uh, in Question Mark Ohio, one of which is a sad dad cop named Ron Dublowski, who is on Twitter. And he basically likes two things in this whole world, uh, 80s hard rock and ice cream, specifically ice cream from the Mr. Freezy's franchise in Question Mark. And uh, I set up his Twitter account months before we debuted him so that he would have a archive to, to look back on. And so he followed a bunch of like, you know, White Snake and Guns N' Roses, and he's especially a Kiss fan. So he followed people from Kiss. And at some point, he started following a fake Paul Stanley account, right? Not actual Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley being the guy with uh, cat, uh, the cat makeup guy from Kiss. And that fake St- Paul Stanley account turns out is a uh, money scam account who then began DMing Ron Dublowski because he is his true fan and he needs help with a large suitcase of money. And so for weeks, weeks, maybe more than weeks now, uh, Ron and fake Paul Stanley have been talking Mostly in Twitter DMs until he became so insistent that Ron set up Skype and Ron kept explaining that he was terrible at phones and he couldn't do it. And finally, the guy was like, can you just give me your phone number so I can text you? And I was all, I have a burner phone. I am going to set that up. And so now uh, Ron, i.e. me and uh, and Paul Stanley have been texting for about two or three weeks. And let me tell you something, Maureen, as an author. If you ever need to understand your character better, get them catfished by one of their heroes because (laughs) you really begin to understand their motivations very, very, very well. This is not a process I'd thought of in terms of... It, It fully snapped the character into place for me. Like, before he was catfished by Paul Stanley... I remember saying to Joe, who I'm doing this whole thing with, like, I just don't get Ron. Like, I don't, he's not, he's not, I I can't get him in focus. I don't have enough Uh here to work with. And then, boom, now I get him completely. I understand all his motivations, all because occasionally I will have a guy write to be like, but really, I need your help with this money. And then I have to respond in a way that will keep the guy on the hook but won't ever have me give him a bank account number. Now, does does Ron want to give fake Paul? Does Ron know that fake Paul Stanley is fake? No. Ron is playing it completely straight. He wants more than anything to be Paul's best friend. Okay. So he wants to help him. Okay. But he's also sort of uh, 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 incompetent. Mm Mm-hmm specifically around electronics and things like that. That was one of the early things was realizing like, oh, his son Gary is pretty good at computers and stuff. So occasionally Ron's phone will just break and then Gary will have to fix it again. So then Ron will kind of drop out and he'll be like, I'm so sorry. In fact, to the point now where he'll he'll just respond to Paul Stanley, be like, you know what time it was? Quote, hard reset time again. (laughs) How long has this been going on? Uh, since like mid-April, <laughs> early April, maybe. 
Maureen has just put her head down on the desk. Dan, you're so good at this. So, okay, I'm just going to read you this. <laughs> but Dan, I, I just go on. All right, so, so Paul Stanley writes, uh, I say, you're walking around, Ron says, you're walking around with a suitcase with $620 million in it? And Paul Stanley says, no, Ron, I forgot it after a concert. It has been deposited. This gives me much worries. He does not, Paul Stanley does not write very well because I don't have the time to take care of this. I really want this kept out of the ears of my management because the company doesn't want the media buzz about this shutdown. That's why I'm looking for a trustworthy and understanding person outside my circle to help. Uh, to help in return, I'll give you a VIP ticket and $20,000 USD as compensation for helping me out. And then I don't respond right away. And eventually okay. he writes, Ron, are you there? Wait a minute. Yeah. How much money does fake Paul Stanley say he has in a suitcase? I mean, it just changes a lot. Okay, but at one point this whole thing was about helping him with an orphanage, and now it's Wait. a suitcase with six hundred twenty million dollars in it. Which I wanted to be like that. Just seems like it would be a big suitcase, but then we moved on. <laughs> well, okay, Dad. As someone who had to figure out how much money weighs, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's absurd. I did a ransom drop plot line, and I had to figure out how much money weighed. <laughs> And you know, you know how much twenty thousand dollars weighs a lot. A lot. Oh yeah. No, it's it's an absurd amount of money. But so uh, but then in, I didn't respond. Right. So then he's like, "Ron, are you there?" And then I di- I waited a couple of days, and then I wrote back. And this this is this is the normal. Uh, hey Paul, I'm so sorry. I got locked out of my phone for like four days, and I don't know what happened because I used that face unlock thing, and it's not like I changed my face or something. Just couldn't get in. I was too embarrassed to ask Gary to help because, like, he'd been go- he'd just gotten it working again. But finally, I broke down and asked him, and next thing you know, it's quote hard reset time, and now the boys are back in town. <laughs> That's oh, that was actually my very favorite thing. I got to open my Twitter DM for this one. So you have invented the side quest to the side quest in which Ron constantly has to go to fake Gary. Yes. Yes, exactly. To get to get his phone fixed. Um, okay, so he wrote me, this was April 30th. In, it's, hard, in, it's hard reset time. <laughs> hello, Ron. How are you? I'm okay, Paul. Thanks for asking. Lazy Sunday over here. I'm finally off shift. Lindsay is still mad. That's his daughter. But Beth cooked some eggs this morning, and so maybe things are getting better there. I'm playing Stratego with Gary. And he responds, okay? And then I say, yeah. I had a really nice day today, Paul. I was out walking past the sinkhole with Gary. There's a sink- big sinkhole in town that that, that is you're, like an attraction. You're telling fake Paul Stanley all about... The fictional question mark. All about question mark, yeah. Right. It's also helped me understand the town better. I was out walking past the sinkhole with Gary. He really likes peeking in it, and a van drove by just blasting the boys are back in town. And man, that is one cool song. Hey, when you guys come through Ohio and we hang out, maybe you could play it? That would be so cool. I mean, play it at your concert, not when we hang out, even though that would be pretty cool, too. We could be the boys, you know, and we could be back in town. Dan, (laughs) stop it. (laughs) <laughs> we could be the boys, you know, and we could be back in town is maybe Maureen Johnson, <laughs> my favorite thing I have ever written in my whole life.
There was also a moment where is that even he, a, is that a Kiss song? No, it's Thin Lizzy. Okay, <laughs> I didn't think it, it was. was. I, I we were at an antique mall, and that was playing as I was writing to Paul Stanley. Dan, we could be the boys, and we could. and we could be back in town. Yeah. Uh, an- another fun moment here was because <sighs> I, this was when he asked me for a phone number instead. And so I gave him the phone number. Oh my God. And I said, hey, when you text, can you say suck it to the Holland twins? Because they think I'm making all this up. The Holland twins are two other cops in question mark. Okay. And then he says, they know we talk. And I said, it was shift change the other day. And they were talking about how they knew Drew Sample, you know, from the Bengals, his cousin. Like they were bragging about it and being so annoying. And so I said, I know someone from Kiss, but they just blew me off. I think they thought I was talking about Gene, though, because that's who everyone thinks of when you talk about Kiss or Ace, I guess, too. Don't take this the wrong way, but I don't think most regular people think about you unless you say the cat guy and then they know right away. Dan, so now you've dragged... 80s sweethearts, the Bengals into this. No, the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, Bengals. Yes. Okay. Drew Sample is a player for the Cincinnati Bengals. Then I'm right having... before we switched over, he said, Ron, I think I got hacked again. And the only thing I responded was, do you need me to get Gary? <laughs> Dad, stop it. <laughs> it's so fun, Maureen. Dan, This is okay. <laughs> okay, I just have to read this one too. Oh my I'm so god! So proud of all of this, and the only person that's read it is some dude who just wants me to give him a bank account <laughs> number. <'Cause> he... <laughs> so he that... reads. He writes. <sighs> I run an orphanage and charity home here in the country and across the world where donations are being made to help support the needy and poor children. So I have dispersal agents whose jobs are to help the donations in their bank account and make them available to the addresses of orphanages' homes. Right. So this is this was before the suitcase of full of an assortment. And this is how Ron responds. Wow, you know who's an orphan? I think that this kid Sherwood, who works over at the video store, is. Both parents killed in a car wreck, and here's the wild part. They weren't even in the same car. This was over on I-74, and she was heading to Cincinnati, and he was heading from Cincinnati. I think she had a conference, and he was coming from a Bengals game. And you wouldn't believe it, but they crossed under the same overpass just as a semi had lost control and came crashing down from above. Killed his mom instantly, but his dad held on in a coma for months. Really screwed the boy up, I bet. Anyway, he lives with his aunt here in town now. I don't know what to do. (laughs) I don't know what to do. (laughs) I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what to do. It's like we could be the boys and we could be back in town. We could be back in town. That's what's happening in my head right now. I know. You have to realize, Dan, that I met you because I was obsessed with your with you being a fake person yeah like i could not stop thinking about it it meant everything to me i was like what's the mayor doing (laughs) the mayor to me was the pinnacle of all creation so i don't know what to do with this information is what i'm saying dan it's 
it is literally a tour de force performance for one. Yeah. And that one doesn't care. <laughs> Where do you think fake Paul Stanley is? I mean, I would assume that it is like a Nigerian scam or something like there's a there's a lot. So first of all, there's more than one person, clearly, because mm-hmm. the 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 story will change. And mm. but more so the like broken English will change dramatically. Okay. Sometimes it's it's maybe it's copy and pasted. I'm not sure. But like sometimes it's fairly coherent and other times it is barely understandable. So I think that there is, you know, I mean, these there's enough documentation of how, you know, a lot of these kind of money scam things work is that it's, you know, it's basically a business, you know, and they have people that work there and respond and all of that. I'd like to think one of them is entertained by it, though. Because I, I am. I don't want them to be entertained. I just want them to be fully engaged. Yes. I just want them to be really committed. <laughs> they they have been... Okay, now I need to figure out. Because he wrote me last night, so... <laughs> Death! It's like you have a... It's like you have a secret boyfriend. The So first... Okay, Monday, April 24th was the very first Death. course. Do you ever turn to your, your living wife and go, I have this... I have this ongoing relationship through with a fake Paul Stanley, who is probably a collection of people in Nigeria <laughs> who is interacting with my alter ego, Ron and his friend, Gary, his son, his son, Gary. Oh, I didn't run Gary was his son. I thought Gary yeah, was his Gary's his young, his third or fourth grade son who likes to hang out near sinkholes. Yeah. So you, the very, then, the very first, do you want me to get Gary? <laughs> the very first uh, correspondence, Thanks for the follow. You have been picked up for a chat with me. This is my way of showing all of you all that you are not forgotten. Your activity on my fan page, there is no activity on this fan page, shows you are a big fan of mine. And I just want to say thank you for your love and support. And and Ron responds, holy cow, that's incredible. I love your music so much. Sometimes when things are going bad, it feels like the only thing that is good. And he responds, that's awesome. Have you ever been to any of my concerts or live performances or any event? And Maureen this is where I realized I was onto something special in my own brain. <laughs> because I respond, Oh, hell yes, I have. Alive Forever 81, Cruise Control 84, Carnival of Chaos 96, Creatures of the Night 98, Unmasked, with an exclamation point, both Unmasked 1 and Unmasked 2, plus Revenge, Revenge 3, and Revenge 2019. Maureen, none of those exist. I wrote all of those right off the dome. <laughs> yeah. Dan! Yeah. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do right cruise now. Cruise Control 84, the cruise is spelled with a K. No, Dan, the best one is Unmasked too. I mean, just... <laughs> Uh, the Dan. first appearance of Gary. The first appearance of Gary was April twenty fifth, because he's just he's just asking about Skype over and over again. You're sweet and amazing. We should get along. Are you on Skype? We'll love to talk to you better because I don't give out my number. And I said, Oh, I'm not on Skype, man. You should come hang out when you all come through Ohio on the farewell tour. I can take you all around town. We could go get ice cream at Mister Freezy's. And he says, that would be awesome. Just go and get Skype installed on your phone for better conversations with me because it's more safer for me. 
And he says, man, I don't know how to do anything on my phone, honestly. Embarrassed to admit that to someone like you, but my son Gary knows all about technology. He's always building things. He's amazing. Such a good kid. Wait a minute, Dan. I have a question. Yeah? How the fuck are they going to have a face-to-face conversation? On Skype? I think he just, it's a it's an encrypted chat channel. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to face time or whatever. He just wants a, 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 a Encry- an encrypted chat because he wants a bank account number. Oh, so good. You should see the way he's looking at it. It's like he's looking at his firstborn child. He's just gazing at it with such love. April 28th. Hi, Ron. How are you? I'm okay, Paul. It's been sort of hard around here lately. Lots of pets are going missing, which is hard on everyone. I'm and also, going to have a my wife is still really distant since she came back from that CPR training a few weeks ago. Oh my and I think God. my daughter Lindsay hates me, but Gary is okay, I guess. He says, she... Wow, I just hope everything will be fine. I'd really love to have a better conversation with you. But I she... don't get on here often. That's why I've asked you to get on Skype. And then I respond, Paul, I tried last night. And you know what happened was I had to bring my phone to Gary and he had to do a, quote, hard reset. I'm terrible with this stuff. Tell me about what life is like on the road or what life is like on the road. Is Gene as amazing as he seems? Dan, Dan, you're overloading my circuits right now. I have now reached the point where I want to vibrate. So I've gone into a state of pure paralysis. I can't process this anyway this episode of says who dan is made possible by you gary by by gary who set up dan's phone Mm -hmm. dan yeah i don't even know why i'm still doing it that's the best part i know exactly why you're still doing it there's two reasons yeah one it's 2024 we're constantly being bombarded by bad news and we're sliding down the chute towards we're on a, a water slide made of shit that's going into a pool of shit that's called the 2024 election and everything that comes after it. Sounds right. And the second is that it's because you're Dan. Uh, this I mean, is how this out. this is this is what you do. I know you build little tiny things that are perfect. I know I do. Honestly, Maureen, this question mark stuff, not just Gary or not just Ron's conversations with the fake Paul Stanley. It's the best work of my life. (laughs) I made a list last night of all of the websites that I've built in the last three weeks for it. And it's like a dozen. (laughs) I don't know what to say anymore. Anyway. Hold on. Says who? Dan has a new project. Yeah. So. Dan has too many jobs. Yeah. Hold on. I think she might have just got says no, bingo. Didn't. Hold on. I didn't yet. Um, how's Twitter? Sucks. Why? Elon Musk ruined it. Twitter's falling apart. Um, and what's the best food to eat at Disney World? Dole Whip. Bingo. Says you who is it. brought to you by... <laughs> you. By Gary. And... <laughs> So if you could just get us on Skype and give us your bank account number, we would love to give you a suitcase full of $628 million. <laughs> Says who's made possible by you. Gary. 
through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon, where pretty much every Sunday you get this all over again as you become a member of the says who sticker club. That isn't it at all. It's because you get the town watch. My brain just misfired there. Oh, time for a hard reset. Yeah. Hard reset time. Hard reset time. Uh, anyway, there's extra episodes, there's uh, stickers, there's all sorts of stuff at patreon.com slash says who our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter. You can email it. Hey, that is H E Y at says who podcast.com. Join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. There's also the fan run discord server at tinyurl.com slash says who discord you can spread the word subscribe please leave stars and reviews on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever it is that you listen and you can join us next wednesday that is the 24th the 24th of may Mm-mm. for our very next episode from my basement in chicago i am dan sinker and from where i'm standing by the sinkhole with gary <laughs> then we could be the boys and we could be back in town It's the best line I've ever written in my whole life. (laughs) I wrote it. I'm literally standing in a, in a, in a antique mall in Milwaukee. And I've never felt better about myself in my whole life. I just wrote it and it was like, I was glowing. I am proud of you. Thank you. (sighs) I guess I'm, um, Maureen Johnson. That's right. And this has been Says Who. We could be the boys, you know, and we could be back in town. God damn it, Dan. It's Uh, so, so good. It's such a perfect line. It really is.